Welcome to another episode of Deep Shift, everyone. I am here with my lovely guest, Allison B. Levy, also known as Allie B. She is an author, a yoga teacher. She was actually my yoga teacher when I was living in Austin. She's a woodworker, a Reiki healer, flexologist, and she just released her debut book, Journey, Wild Journey to the Light, which is a number one Amazon new release for women's health and sexuality. Welcome, Allie, and congratulations. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I, I'm so proud of you for your release, this bestseller. I remember when I first met you in Austin, you were talking about your book and your journey, and you captivated me with all the stories you were telling. And I'm just so happy and, and proud of you for releasing your book. Thank you so much. You know, it's crazy to say that I finally am living my dreams and have produced and self-published and created all of this for myself. And a lot of my friends over the past 10 years have heard me talk about this book and some of them like didn't believe me because it was so far in the future. Um, and so it's just such an accomplishment to to put your mind to something and then finally see it all the way through. So thank you for also seeing that and congratulating me on it. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. I'm not going to lie. It's scary because yeah. it's like jumping into the unknown and nobody knows what it's like. I mean, I don't, I don't know any author friends that can like give me advice right now. So it's kind of like, all right, let's, let's just do it. It feels like everyone's like, I have a, I want to release a book, but you are the pat, the way shower. You are going there first amongst our group of friends. So self-published too. So how is that? So, cause I'm sure a bunch of people are interested and, and they probably, people probably have book ideas. What was self-publishing like? Yes. Um, I strongly encourage um, self-publishing. It has been such an empowering feeling to know that I can do it all on my own. Um, of course, it's not necessarily all on my own. I have my team of angels that have been here along the process. And I would definitely say that's clutch is find your team of people. So for me, I had um, a life coach, Allison Tugwell, um, here in Austin, Texas. And then I found a, um, an editor friend of mine, Meredith Canman. And then I had a couple really great beta readers. Those are very, very important too, because you basically, you want about five eyes to be looking at your piece of work before you actually send it out to the formatting company, because each person is going to find something different or have a different like specialty that they're focusing on. Um, and all of them were so helpful in the process. Um, Aaron Mabry and Alexis were my beta readers that were like my rock stars. So I just want to give them a shout out. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, and then I worked with a really great formatting company that made it super simple. Um, they formatted my Google Doc into a, um, a book format for ebook and for a print. And they were really great to work with. Um, I'm actually going to host a little workshop on how to and give out all of my juicy information on the process. Um, that's going to be a little workshop uh, on my Wild Journey to the Light website that's going to be coming soon. So, Ooh, that's cool. I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy that. I'll include a link in the show notes for anyone listening who wants to tune into that or maybe catch the replay if they watch it later. Uh, that sounds like a really cool event. Uh, mm -hmm. And so 
while journey to the light is your story and I mean, number one in women's health and sexuality, I think that's really cool and also fascinating. Uh, what what's the what's the book about? What can people expect? Okay, so this book, I, I have a warning at the very beginning of the book. Um, it might be triggering to some people because it does have a lot of sexual content. I do talk a lot about my pain and my trauma and my experiences over the past ten years of my life. Um, I go through um, a lot of different scenarios, but just some main ones to be relatable to some people who might be listening. Um, I got married at a young age and divorced six months later. Um, I also struggled with addiction, um, drugs and alcohol, and um, living abroad, just trying to find myself lost in the world. Um, For a time of my life, I was happy being lost, and I was kind of enjoying doing the research in the dark, so to speak. Um, And my mentality as I was doing this was, well, I'm already in not so great of a space. I'm already documenting what's going on in my life up to now. I know that there's going to be a point in my life where I reach my light. So while I'm in the dark, let's ask others what they think. Let's get yourself in every possible scenario so you can be relatable to your readers. And, you know, it's crazy at the time because I thought I was just writing to imaginary readers. Like I did one day want this to be an actual book, but I wasn't actually, I was so lost in the moment that I didn't actually see that being tangible. But for some reason, my imaginary readers were my strength and my faith to find that light at the end of the tunnel. So it's all of my crazy wild journeys. And I, basically journaled it, documented it so that you could live in the moment with me and my thought process. And when I journal, I basically am channeling my higher self. And even though I wasn't listening to my higher self at the time, I'm looking back and reading things from 2012. And I'm like, girl, you knew what to do back then. And, you know, of course, we all have our cycles and we get stuck in our cycles and can't quite see through it. But I guess the meaning behind that is we all truly know what we need to do for ourselves. But journaling really helped me to kind of see it more clearly. It took me longer to follow it than to get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, it, it's interesting that it was, so you wrote it over the last 10 years. Like you wrote it as you were going. Yeah, so I basically was handwriting the book at the beginning. Um, The handwritten journal actually began um, when I was considering getting a divorce. Um, I didn't have anybody to talk to because I was in a very abusive relationship, and I had basically lost all of my friends at the time, and any friends I had were his. And so the only person I could talk to was my journal and my book, and that's how I released my emotions. And then... At the beginning of the writing, I was like, by the end of this book, I want to have found my light and I want to have shown you guys how you can do it too. So it's not necessarily a how-to, it's just how I did it, how I turned my pain into my power. Wow. So you actually wrote that like as you were like in the beginning. So this, wow, 10 years to be writing a book where it's like this, it's sort of autobiographical an autobiography and you had this mission while you were writing it that this was going to help you find your light. It, 
has never been such a calling. Like I, this whole process, I kind of feel like I've been guided by my angels. Um, and this project has kind of been one of the things that saved me and kept me pushing for a better me. And um, because I knew in the end that it was going to help so many people. And I just knew it was my mission in this life to find my light and to share it and to share how I did it so that others can do the same for their own happiness. Mm. You know, that's our birthright is to be happy. And so some of us are just lost. And um, being relatable is sometimes easier to talk to. And I bring sex and sexuality into the book a lot. Um, for a few different reasons. Um, I bring sexuality into the book. So one, <clears throat> I can keep the reader's attention, right? Um, whenever there's something like that involved, you begin to feel an emotion as well. And so when we're in this vulnerable state of feeling this emotion and I'm being vulnerable, therefore, hopefully my readers are being a little bit more vulnerable with their hearts open. And then somewhere in there, I weave in a little bit of my lessons that I learned that hopefully will land a little bit easier um, in the hearts of those that are reading. Um, and then also I kind of bring in sexuality because I think it might also attract some people who might not be reading or who might not be um, quite um, at that point where they want to, they know how to reach for that spiritual side or how to get in tune or how to follow their heart. Um, this kind of gives like a raw and real um, example. And if I have to strip away the ego of what people are gonna think of me so that I can get um, a message across, then I will. And um, that has taken a lot to process, for sure, for sure. Like what is my, what is, what is my dad gonna think when he reads this book or my uncle or my neighbors, or, you know what I mean? So. Of course, um, but it is all for a purpose, and I felt very strongly that it had to be this way, um, you know, A, to keep it fun, and then B, to be relatable, and C, to keep um, the interest while I'm sharing my message of truth. Yeah. Uh, so on the cover of the book is your dog, which is essentially a wolf. Is that right? It is correct. He goes with me everywhere. Um, he's 96% wolf and then 4% Malamute. I am looking to breed him. So if anybody has a female that they'd like to breed him with, um, no wolf. I, he's eight and a half years old and I've had his balls the whole time, but I just haven't quite been ready to breed him yet. Oh, he, you said he has his balls? <laughs> yes. He has big black balls. <laughs> <laughs> They're still intact, <laughs> ready for mating. Ready for action. <laughs> ready for action, just waiting. <laughs> because uh, he's definitely, he's been my spirit guide and my emotional support dog and my everything, my boyfriend picker. Uh, ah, that's great. Yeah, but he has been right there um, at my feet watching me do this book and same thing with the audible recording and He's right there right now too. The mm. podcast. So the audible, so if you, you've recorded, it's available uh, on paperback, audible and Kindle. So the ebook Kindle um, and the paperback are available on Amazon right now. And the audible version is coming soon. I actually, it was the last minute 
decision to do an audible version of this book. And um, two weeks before the launch of the book, I tried to do this 354-page book, and it's, no, you can't rush something like this. Mm. So I'm trying to make it as um, as sweet and as good and as truthful as possible with my voice and captivating my emotions. Um, the um, producer, editor, mixer, um, all of the above, he's been amazing. Um, Kevin Butler with Blackbird Creative. Um, such a, a patient soul that can really actually hear and say, hold on, hold your crystal and then say that line again. Um, wow. He, he was very in tune with um, getting the message across clearly in a positive way. And sometimes that meant saying it over and over and over and over again until I was able to say it with peace in my heart. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Uh, a lot of people talk about the, the audio version of books being quite a feat, quite a journey in itself. I never had any idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Oh, the day of my birthday, the meaning of my birthday is the day of the dream weaver. And so I feel like I'm always weaving together these dreams and don't quite understand what reality is. But I make it happen anyway somehow. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work. I, it was a lot of uh, work on my voice, especially too, because you know, I'm not trained to be a voice actor. And so we just had to take it day by day and you know rest when I needed to rest but then also at the same time we were trying to work on a time crunch and then we just we realized that it wasn't going to be possible so we started to slow down and take our time and that's when the magic really started to happen so mm. I actually had to go back and redo the first day <laughs> all over oh, wow. again yeah how, how like how long would you go for when you're reading literally um so my book is kind of pretty heavy. And so you definitely kind of have to take breaks, um, taking breaks to kind of process what I just said and that I'm just saying this to the whole world as well. Um, so it was a huge healing process. So I would say like I, my longest stretch that I did, I believe was three and a half, four hours. But then I would go and I would have a little break and then I would come back um, and it would be eight to 13, 14 hour days about two weeks in a row that was just the recording process of it so I definitely have exerted all of my energy into this and the launch of my book I'm kind of having like a postpartum depression like <laughs> I didn't know how to slow down until I sprained my ankle yesterday I uh, the the old sign from the universe yeah yeah so yep. But luckily, most of the tornado has passed and I've created the magic and now it's kind of the dust is settling and everything's, you know, sent out into the universe. And now it's time to just release and forget and refill my cup back up mm -hmm. so that I can serve um, in my best light. And I know what you mean about the, the postpartum depression. I, I've released a few companies and that's happened where you work so hard on building the company, you know, start up a website, an app, whatever. And then we release it and it's like, there's almost this depression because it's like, okay, well now what, you know? And um, yeah, that's something I've, I've, I've dealt with quite a few times. And then I realized I had to then tell myself that now is when it actually starting. Yeah. This is, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. It's promotion, getting it out there and really like 
pushing this company or this book or whatever it is, an app. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting psychological game. Yeah. It was, it was crazy too, though. I felt like I was almost like having contractions before the release because it's like this anxiety and this buildup. And then this, like, I had these like waves of crazy emotions where I would just be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) I can't believe it. And I would like pace back and forth and back and forth and like have to like do a forward fold and calm down my nerves. And like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, I really, it's just like, a roller coaster, but then yeah, once you release it, it's like okay. I think that postpartum depression is um, very important because that's also like the okay, let the feelings kind of settle and take a minute and observe why exactly you're feeling this way, and then yes, swift switch the perspective to this is just the beginning. There's like so many other avenues to go from here. It's just you do that free fall out of the airplane, right? And then you land on the ground and you're like, am I really on the ground? (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like that aftershock. Yeah. Where do I walk now? Yeah. So uh, I've got a, I've got a a great alley B story. So when I first moved to Austin, I really wanted to go to yoga and I found this yoga studio and I was like, okay, I don't know, like, I need to, I need to find a teacher. And I was looking at all the different pictures of the teachers. I'm like, oh, she looks cool. I'll go to her class. It was like six in the morning. It was like the earliest class that they have. And I remember going to it and it was like freezing and awesome, walking, like shivering to the, to the yoga studio. And I remember getting inside and you were behind the counter and you just look up with the biggest smile ever. And I was like, hey, you're like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good. And you ran out and just gave me a big hug. And I thought that was like the sweetest thing ever. You have such a warm heart. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's something that is just built inside of me. I have this mentality of like, I want to be this earth angel for other people in their journey and on their path, because I feel like the more I can give that kind of love and acceptance to other people, the stronger of an angel I'm going to be in the afterworld. So I'm just kind of like winning up the karma coins. In a <laughs> um, but no, it also feels good to, you know, welcome someone with a smile. And of course, you know, if I'm not feeling in the mood, I definitely won't be smiling. I definitely don't feel like it's like a always, always good vibes. Mm. You know, it's feeling, it's being vulnerable. And you have this energy when you walk through the door where you just lit me up. So I couldn't help but to just, oh my gosh, you're the kind of soul like I want to hug. Like you're like a charge button. Like, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, Souls like that can kind of sense it. I don't normally just go up and just hug everybody because that would be a little impatient. <laughs> My soul was just yeah. calling to do that for you. So, so what's what's one of the craziest stories in your book? Because you've you had so many. I interviewed you uh, about like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, for a YouTube channel that I was running, and um, you had some fascinating stories there. Uh, what's one of the kind of more interesting stories that people could find in your book? Oh, so a different a different story than that story. or or that one because that one is really fascinating as well whatever I mean that one's pretty that one's pretty 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 good but we'll save that one for the book on this one give, um, give them like just a tease of what that is for 
Okay, so I find myself living um, abroad in Costa Rica, and every three months you have to go across a border to get your passport renewed. And um, this one time I went with my boyfriend at the time and um, some friends of his that I had never met. And just long story short, be careful who you cross borders with because if they have something on them, you're just as guilty. And long story short, I ended up in Nicaraguan jail and with no food, no water, no phone call. Um, if you don't have friends or family in Nicaragua, then that they are the ones that bring you supplies. So if you don't have friends or family there, then you're kind of fucked. And so I found myself in that situation. And so that's in the book. Um, yeah, and there's some magic there. there there's, there. Uh, it's fascinating magic how it all unfolds. How you end up getting out is like, yeah, it's it's pure magic, Allie. I know. I can't believe it. It. I can't believe I went through that and I survived that. Um, and I'm here to tell about it. I'm actually still talking. I'm Facebook messaging, messaging. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, with a guy who's still in Nicaraguan jail and he remembered me and he reached out to me. He Whoa. has a little phone that he sneaks in there. Um, but he's still in there for less than what I had on me. I'm technically Whoa. supposed to still be there. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. But the story behind how I got released was the story that changed my life forever. Um, but I want everyone to go check out Michael's uh, YouTube video. That was when he first started, began doing his podcast. I remember uh, the beginning of it all. That was, that was. And, uh, and that story is in its entirety in the book, right? That is, it is. Um, probably in a little bit more detail too. So if you want the, all, the, all the juicy details, open, <laughs> go on Amazon, get the book, and, and check that out. So yeah, is, are there any other um, tidbits of the book you'd like to, you'd like to bring up? Um, what can people yeah. kind of get? What can people, as they, as they read it, uh, what can people? So basically, I talk a lot about like, um, sexual trauma. I, I'm more than okay to talk about that right now because I feel like I want to open up that, um, open up the table to talk about that. Cause I feel like, you know, our generation and, you know, especially our parents too, talking about sex was kind of something that was shunned upon. Um, yet I feel like holding it all in and repressing it also creates this, um, false sense that it, everything is okay. And those emotions are need to be felt. Um, and so as I talk about what has happened to me and my journey, um, I just hope that it brings forth a little bit of hope um, to be able to get vulnerable and talk about it and know that it's okay to feel these things and find ways to release them, whether it be through creativity or through writing or through movement, making movement your medicine or making, um, making yourself available for others who might be going through it too. I know that showing up and bringing support also helps to bring strength. Um, so... Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, along along those lines, I was having a conversation with a friend about about this, and you know, it's it's a big subject right now. Um, we've got the Me Too movement, which which just kind of took over the globe, and now it's become a, a global dialogue about the amount of um, sexual trauma that 
is out there. And I talk with a lot of my friends and, and the majority of them have experienced some form of sexual trauma. Um, and then the subject of consent got brought up. And from the male perspective, I had a, a kind of uh, confused view of consent because as the male, you grow up and it's like, you are the one who goes in for the kiss. You know, you're the one who makes the move. You're the one who really like charges forward in each moment. And, um, and I remember hearing at some point somewhere, I forget where it was, but uh, uh, this woman mentioned that if a man ever asks to kiss her, she's just turned off. And really? yeah. And, and I remember thinking like, Oh wow. Like, really? <laughs> and I, and I was talking to some friends about that and some, some girlfriends and they were saying consent is sexy. You know, for me, I feel like everybody kind of has their own, they're entitled to their own opinion. And this is where it gets really, really messy because, you know, one person says that consent is a turnoff for them. They probably like somebody who takes charge and, you know, it's just a different arousal type. Whereas someone who might have been sexually abused and there's a lot of, um, you know, things that are happening with children that are coming out. I kind of talk about something in my book as well that happened to me when I was 15. Um, and so, you know, you don't really know what has happened to someone. So if it's a turnoff to ask if it's okay to kiss you, then, you know, obviously it's not a right alignment if that person's being turned off by just trying to be respectful because they don't know the past. And normally when you're asking someone to kiss, you're like just getting to know someone. So it's like, there's a lot of men out there too that just don't know how to treat women very respectably. And I mean, there's also a lot of women out there that do the same. I mean, it's just this, we have this chaotic sense of sexuality and boundaries and respect um, that is, you know, with all these dating apps that are happening, it's almost like, hey, this is a dating app to look to go fuck like that it's just you know everybody's entitled to have their wild and crazy days i had mine for sure it's all it's all in the book um but at 34 years old right now like it's all kind of coming back to me when i'm trying to meditate and i'm trying to clear these one second my dog's like licking really hard hey cheat. when i'm trying to process everything now it's um i i feel the sadness and the hurt Allison that was crying out for attention or that was just looking to be loved, but looking to be loved in all the wrong places. And, uh, you know, you have to go through those crazy wild experiences to know what you like and what you don't like. And sometimes that gets a little messy. Sometimes there's drugs or alcohol involved and that consent line gets a little washy. Um, and you know, it's all a, a learning experience on how you can hold your boundaries, how you can stay in your truth, how you can speak your truth or know your worth or know how you can stay away from toxic people and the cycle of drama and chasing your tail over and over again. You know, a lot of us are very dependent on living an uncomfortable life because it's more comfortable to be uncomfortable than it is to start fresh. Mm, yep. So 
What's been, what's been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from uh, just during the, the last 10 years and within the book? How to love myself. That was never taught in school. Mm. That was, I, I missed that part um, growing up. And my parents did an amazing job raising me as a kid, but it was almost like once I went into high school and I started to get curious and then I just kind of lost myself. And then I moved out to college and got in really codependent relationships. And I never really learned how to stand on my own two feet. And so that's what a lot of the book is about, is about me wanting to be on my own two feet and make it. But there's a lot of me stumbling and falling on my face to figure it out. And I feel like you kind of have to fall on your face to realize what it's like to stand up. And my biggest lesson is learning to love myself first before putting anybody else in front of me. And hey, I'm still single. And I am very, very happy that way right now. Um, You know, it's hard for me to let love in when I have so much going on in my world. And I, you know, I love a lot of people in their own sense as human beings, but as far as my time, I'm kind of abstinence taken at the moment so that I can recharge my battery. I feel like when um, I don't have sex, my light kind of charges up really, 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 really bright. Mm. And so that's what I'm honing in on now. But I also feel like that's part of loving myself and filling my cup back up. And, um, you know, when everything's meant to be, the right thing's going to come into my life. I can't worry about anything else except for loving myself and doing the best that I can do for um, my heart and my path. Yeah. It's like the relationship we have with ourself is a relationship, just like as much as a relationship with someone else. Yeah. A lot of people feel like uh, being single or, you know, celibate in the moment is 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 lonely but you know it's like you could take yourself out on a date and you could buy yourself something nice (laughs) i mean this is the part where you really get to know who you are and i feel like you have to learn to be your own best friend in order for somebody else to love you that way and Mm -hmm. it takes being in your own company and being content with your own company to be able to be able to have someone love you just the same i feel like yeah it's underrated being single and having your alone time like it's so clutch like i had a boyfriend a while ago and i never slept at his house i would always sleep in my bed because that was the time where i would recalibrate myself and get back to myself because for me in relationships it's so hard to keep that balance all the time when Two people are obviously their own individuals. And uh, I have yet to find someone that has stand strong in theirs and let me stand strong in mine and still have that. And so I'm just not even worrying about it. Right yeah. Now. I'm in the same position right now. Just I'm just doing me. Yeah. It's Michael. really yeah. nice to do me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> And you have this crazy garden that's going great and these deer that just come to your house. Yep. Got the quarantine garden. Started that (laughs) during lockdown and it is flourishing, absolutely flourishing. And yeah, the deer are, are magical creatures that visit the the front lawn that I have. It's great. It's like you stepped into your own little wonderland. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then you have this mirror that, or this window that shines rainbows everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had to shut it because it was shining so many rainbows that it was, it was, everything was dark on the screen. Oh, my goodness. And, um, but yeah, it was a time I actually started this, this pod, the deep shift podcast, um, because I was able to have some alone time. It was just me. I could focus on creativity. I know. I, I feel like that's kind of the energy that's happening right now is like getting that creative juice going. And I feel like, especially right now with quarantine and Corona and everybody having that time to really dive into themselves and their practice and their, I really strongly feel creativity is like one of the best tools for healing and for being able to share that with the world. It's one of those universal gifts. Everyone has their own little unique trait on what they're creative with, but it gives some kind of light and joy to other people not knowing it, you know, at the time when you're making it beautiful. Yeah. Creativity. It's, it's kind of the fabric of the universe stepping into that. So let's say someone wants to write a book. What would, what would be some advice that you'd give them right now? If someone wants to write a book, I say, do it and don't give up. And also do a little exercise where you do it, you know, once a day, 30 minutes a day, you just sit down and you flow, right? Um, Flow writing for me was one of the things that really helped um, complete the ending of this. Um, and also journaling, writing down anytime, just always have something handy to write on. But no, for me doing the flow writing and actually setting aside a certain amount of time, putting a timer on my clock, sitting down and just letting it flow out of me was really great. Um, and super helpful. And then so is getting a life coach or a friend to hold you accountable so that you do sit down for that time frame. Maybe you end up doing it twice a week for two hours with a friend at a coffee shop outside with a mask on. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but yeah, just holding yourself accountable. And if it's hard for you to hold yourself accountable, get someone else to hold you accountable or a little buddy. That was super helpful for me, especially if you're writing about painful or traumatic experiences. I feel like it was nice to have um, my life coach, Allison, there to kind of talk to whenever I was processing um, you know, the release of that story. Mm. So, and then I would also say, yeah, it takes devotion. I don't recommend doing it on a glass or two or three of wine. Um, I kind of started to type it up that way um, because I was not quite healed from my alcoholism yet. Um, but this past year being sober has really, I've definitely went back over and over and over and polished that area. But I definitely saw a difference in my writing skills. And there's one thing to be like writing, to be writing for your own journaling and that state of mind if you're kind of a little tipsy. But if you're writing a book, I definitely recommend trying to stay clear-headed. Um, first thing in the morning was the best time for me to really get into my zone. I would wake up before the sun would get up and just mm. go out. Magic hour. Magic hour. Yeah. So 
Miss Allie, where can people find you? What are you up to? Um, how can people connect with yes. all that is you? All that is me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Allie B Yoga. It's A L L I and then B E E, like a bumblebee yoga. Um, and then also you can find my book on Amazon, um, Wild Journey to the Light. And then also I have my website, alibyyoga.com, and also wildjourneytothelight.com. Um, on wildjourneytothelight.com, you can find upcoming workshops, manifesting workshops, um, how to release your fear workshops, um, how to heal yourself through Ayurvedic studies, and more, um, all on my website, wildjourneytothelight. And, um, Are those online workshops? They are online Zoom workshops. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I figured I'm going to be um, meeting people from other walks in other states and maybe other countries that um, would like to connect with me. So I'm going to be hosting. I have, I think, five or six workshops listed now. And I also have a Patreon that I'm going to be starting soon. Um, I'll be doing live Zoom classes once a week or an intensive where I do it twice a week. So you get to kind of pick which level um, of membership you'd like. But yeah, I want to connect with my people. I might also start a little like um, book club possibly mm -hmm. for Wild Journey fans. And um, one of those workshops is going to be a writing workshop. So if you are interested about the writing journey, how to get going and get in that mindset or how to um, get your book published, I will be um, available there and doing little mentoring sessions too. So there's ways to connect. I want to connect. I want to help any way I can. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to what's to come. I can like feel something really great. It's like, it's all right around the corner, but that's also kind of the magic behind manifesting, right? It's just feeling like something really great's about to happen. Yep. 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 I love that excited feeling. Yeah. And it sounds like that workshop could be good for the people who, you know, like you were saying with having a, a life coach who keeps you accountable. So if someone wants to write that book, they could, that's, that could help them stay in accountability. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, give you little tips to help polish up um, that some things that I learned from my life coach along the way. And a lot of like, why are you writing? Who are you writing to kind of scenarios? So it's kind of a cool um, mindset shift. Mm. Wow. That's really cool that you have all these different workshops and things all around the book that people can then hop on and kind of dive into your world. Yeah. I mean, I try to do the best to, I mean, adaptability is key in this world, right? So like I'm trying to give everybody all the tools that they need to kind of hone in on their highest self and their truth too. So. Also, I have these beautiful little crystal moon shelves that you can find off would-be uniques on Etsy. Mm, beautiful. I'll include a link that. to those too. Yeah. Uh, right. That's a good way uh, to put some love of mine into your home. Oh, yeah. put some, put some Allie B love in your home. <laughs> literally, every time I'm sanding, I'm like, do it with love. Do it with love. Because sometimes sanding can kind of get uh, aggressive or intense and then you have to shift the mindset to okay let's do this with love and your whole arm actually begins to kind of relax it's really cool whenever you can change that mindset to doing it with love wow so the the 
love vibrational wooden moons for your home, which I actually have one. You sent me one and I have little crystals in it and I love whenever I walk by and I see it. I know it kind of like gives a space for all your crystals to shine. It's like you're all home and I have a space in my house where I actually worship on, can see all of them. But you have a lot of crystals and that was a smaller moon. So I need to send you a bigger one. It goes on the wall. Well, you know my address. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it when I come visit. Sounds great. I, I can't wait for that. And I miss your yoga. I, when I was living in Austin, I would go every morning fresh and it was still dark out and I'd walk to the yoga studio to do your yoga because it was just so wonderful. I'm so honored that you did that. I remember some mornings I would give you a ride back home. Let <laughs> <laughs> me yeah. help you. <laughs> maybe I can come um, come to your town and maybe host a little yoga workshop or something. Yeah, there's a, a outdoor park here that would be perfect for it. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds fun. Well, the uh, wolf, yoga wolf princess, <laughs> <laughs> Ali B. Yes. Allison B. Levy, thank you so much for showing up in the world the way you do and for sharing your light and congratulations, 10 years in the making, Wild Journey to the Light. You can find it on Amazon. Just type it in the search box, press search, and then press buy now. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> and you get Allie B. in your home, <laughs> and then you got the moon next to you with your crystal. So while you're reading it, yeah, the total package. The total package. And I, I also, something about, I just really love that you have the workshops too. Because sometimes I read books and like you get attached, you get emotionally attached to the authors. And it's like, you want to like be in their world and to have these workshops and to be able to have Zoom calls and all that. That's actually really special. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm, That's really I'm cool. really excited to do that and to connect and to be able to like, go into a whole different realm. I didn't quite realize that this is going to happen until right before the launch. I was like, I need to make a continued, a continued learning and growing experience with, with mm. me. I just, I would love that. I would love, love that. <laughs> Ali, you are an inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are too. Thank you for doing all the work that you do and spreading all this light and love and wisdom and knowledge and just, blowing everybody's minds every once in a while. I really, I enjoy it. I love watching you bloom. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you for being on Deep Shift. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for watching. You can find all of Ali's links in the show notes and I will see you next time.